What is up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry here with the Leader Swift Podcast. And today we have Jonathan Wiggins. I'm so excited. Jonathan is the lead pastor of Res Church. What a cool name. And he's also the author of Walking with Lions. Um, Jonathan planted through ARC. I know we've had quite a few ARC pastors as well as Dino Rizzo on the podcast. And so Jonathan has planted just such an incredible church in Colorado. It's such a great leader. We're excited to have him on today. If you have not yet, press that subscribe button so you do not miss an episode. But we're going to jump right into our conversation with Jonathan Wiggins. What is up, everybody? I am here with Jonathan Wiggins. How's it going, Jonathan? Going great, Matt. How are you doing today? Man, I am so good. It's been a lo- it's 9 a.m. and it's feel like a long day. I've had like three phone calls before we're recording this. And so um, I-, I thank God that we got an espresso machine at home and that's been keeping me going. <laughs> that's noon where, where I am and I've been taking it easy. So it sounds like you've been packing a whole lot of day in your first few hours. Yeah, I, I, li- I like that. It sets me up for a better day. Um, but John, do people call you like PJ, Pastor Jonathan? What do people call you? Jonathan is awesome. All right. Jonathan, tell us just a little bit about you, your leadership journey, and, and where you pastor at. Awesome. I'm a pastor at Res Church. It was called Resurrection Church for a long, long time. Everybody started calling it Res, so we just branded it. Makes for a shorter website. Address Res Church in Loveland, Colorado. I've been there almost 11 years. Um, it's a great church, just an hour north uh, of Denver. Um, was on staff for a couple years before that there. And then before I moved to Colorado, originally from Louisiana, uh, I was a worship leader, um, camp director, like Christian Youth Camp. Had some uh, small businesses some things in Louisiana. So my leadership journey was a lot. Uh, I do have a, uh, some education, but mostly uh, through mentoring great leaders and then some of uh, uh, the other kind of leaders that I learned how to not follow their example and then connected in Loveland and have been really living my dream as a pastor in uh, northern Colorado. That's amazing. I feel like some of the best leaders, especially in the church world, come out of Louisiana. Uh, there's something in the water bro there's alligators and great leaders that's what's in the water in in louisiana um yeah and a whole lot of really good food that you can find at gas stations really at gas stations (laughs) better than most restaurants you would go to everywhere else that's like a shrimp po' boy out of a gas station is good Absolutely. No, not every gas station. Now I feel like I'm giving your your uh, followers bad advice. But a lot of gas stations in Louisiana, there's some great food. That, that's amazing. I, that's one place on my bucket list to go. I'm a foodie. So to go to is like New Orleans and just get some great Creole food um, out there. Absolutely. If you go to New Orleans, you got to go to Cafe Du Monde and get some beignets. That's the best, uh, best place in the world to get beignets. Oh, man, I'm going. I've only had the beignets at Disneyland. Uh, but, all right, Pass, uh, uh, Jonathan, you you get to lead a lot of leaders. I know uh, you're connected with like Ark and, and the Pastors Collective, and you just get to pour into some leaders. So, if you were speaking to just a room full of leaders, uh, what's maybe a leadership tip 
that you would give them just to help them to be a better leader today? There's a leadership tip I would give that would have to do with sustainability in leadership, and that is that your needs matter. You should pay attention uh, to what you need. Uh, I remember growing up uh, in ministry in Louisiana uh, at a summer camp, and I would Matt, I would be there two months in the summer and uh, lead worship there. We had all different kinds of communicators that would come through. And these campers, they would play hard all day. You know the youth camp drill, right? They play hard all day. And then <laughs> late at night we have church, and then we get all upset when the kids fall asleep. <laughs> and so, so we're having this uh, church service, and the, the communicator there, who's actually not my father-in-law, but at the time was not, uh, he's communicating, and this really tall kid fell asleep. And so the counselors know what to do. You know, you wake them up. You, you don't want the kid to get embarrassed by the communicator, kind of one of those intense Pentecostal environments. And, uh, and so when the counselor's moving over to, to elbow the, counsel, the, the camper to wake him up, uh, the man who's now my father-in-law, he's preaching and he says, hey, what are you doing? And the counselor looks at the, the pastor and says, I'm, I'm just going to wake him up. And, uh, and my father-in-law said, why would you do that? Can't you see he's tired? <laughs> And there's something about in that moment, that may not sound like a dramatic story, but something for me in that moment, watching a leader honor a kid for just getting what they need. In other words, the kid wasn't being disrespectful. He was just tired. Mm. was kind of a great moment for me to see somebody not have their dignity stripped away from them just because they needed a nap. <laughs> you know? And and I think a lot of times in leadership, we're so interested in advocating for other people, and we need to do that, serving other people. And a lot of times it's at our own personal uh, expense and neglect. And so when I think in terms of what every person needs, if we're going to take our needs seriously, there are two things that every person, every leader, but every person in the world needs, basic needs. One is attachment uh, to be loved to be connected to community. And the second one is authenticity. So uh, to be honest about who you are. And I could take a minute, but basically um, babies who are born that are not attached, held, loved, they don't even survive. So attachment is a survival need. And there's uh, quite a lot of data now on what contributes to living a long life, uh, longevity. And what I've seen, even uh, Harvard studies show that more connected than physical fitness, nutrition, and cholesterol, which those things are really important, uh, take care of yourself, but even more correlated to long life is the number and the depth of friendships that we have. Um, so if we, have, if we are rich in friendships, it really is uh, such a core need that it, it allows us to be more sustainable. Authenticity is where we are just very honest about what we're thinking, feeling, and kind of those primal gut instincts. And the reason I bring those two things up is in most environments, even when we're kids being raised, the need for attachment bumps up against the need for authenticity all the time. And, and especially those of us in leadership and public leadership, Matt, you know this, we can't just say everything we're thinking all the time because people will uh, stop following us, they'll uh, reject us and that kind of thing. And I think it's important for every leader, no matter what your position or station or level of influence, to intentionally find environments 
where you can be attached, which is just another word for being loved. And you can be authentic, which is just another word for being known. It's important for us as leaders to have maybe those few friends, that, that place to go where there are people who love us and really are interested in who we are. And the more we're honest with them, it won't threaten our attachment to them. I think a lot of healing, a lot of sustainability comes from just having a community of people around you uh, who, who love you and know you. Wow, that's, that is so good. Um, yeah, I, I think I, everybody says this when you enter into ministry that it can be the most lonely place. And, and even leadership, whether you're like a business leader or uh, a ministry leader, or whatever you lead, people always say it's lonelier at the top. Why do you why do you think that is? Why do you think leadership can be lonely? And um, and what are some ways that you you make friends, you build those relationships? Well, the thing is, when when our authenticity takes a backseat to wanting to belong or be accepted, the law of averages kick in. The higher profile you are, the tougher it is to be perfectly acceptable to everybody. And so, you know, it's like, think about like a president or a world leader or a diplomat. They just can't get away with saying things that people, kind of a lesser profile, can get away with saying. And so the higher up you get, this idea of lonely at the top just means people are so carefully examining your words that you just start to naturally hide and isolate. And people can create really anxious feelings for leaders that, that are just being watched at a different level. But... I do think that's where people tend to gravitate, but I don't think it has to be lonely at the top. I just think if we can be intentional to find uh, really good listeners in our lives, people who are discreet, people who have a track record around them of making people better. You know, um, the Bible says if a person is overtaken in a fault, let those who are spiritual restore them. I love that verse because I think what that's saying is genuine spirituality is not necessarily who prays the most or reads the Bible. That's important. But genuine spirituality is, are the people around you getting better, healthier, stronger? If they mess up, are they getting coached up? I think that's genuine spirituality. So if you can find spiritual friends, people that are willing and able to hear you, to handle your secrets, to not weaponize them, to, uh, my friend Greg Surratt says, people who love you but are not impressed by you, we love you enough to tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it and have the credibility for you to listen. Um, it's just so important to be around people like that. And that takes work because a lot of times the people that have those giftings are themselves busy and we all have schedules. So it just takes the intentional trips, takes the intentional conversations, FaceTime, um, whatever to, to maintain those relationships. But if we want to go the distance and if we want to end uh, healthy and sustainable, um, we just have to take the time and, and put in the intentionality and build those friendships around us. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually, I actually think relationships are a spiritual discipline. Like we have to, as we're intentional about reading the Bible daily, as we're intentional about prayer and fasting and Sabbath and these things, I also think we have to be, is exactly what you're saying, intentional about relationships, godly spiritual relationships. Um, Absolutely. It's I think so, about, so important. Think, I agree with you. Think about Jesus when he's 
you know, the Last Supper. He's with all of his friends. Remember, he said, I don't call you my servants anymore. I call you my friends. And then he's holding this bread and this wine. <laughs> and so, you know, he says, do this. But every time you do this, remember me. And I think a lot of times in church, we just think of, okay, there's a plastic cup with grape juice and there's some, there's a wafer and we want to get in line and pray. And this is what we're supposed to do. I actually think Jesus was living well. I think he was hanging out with people that he loved the most, having some great food. And, and he had this wine in his hand. He said, hey, when you do this, when you live this way, uh, and I think there's a part of it that is in that kind of community. Uh, just remember me. And, and, and then Jesus is asked what's the greatest commandment. And he doesn't just say love God. He's like, hey, your relationships matter too. So I totally agree, Matt. Yeah, and, and when we're intentional, so like I make sure to call a couple friends a week. And you just have to have those 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 relationships where you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with, with this. I think – one of the one of the things is when we see a pastor fall, um, it's because I don't think they had a safe place to share their sins and struggles. And I think the safest place is with with real friends who you can say, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with pride. And I just need my friend right now. Well, that's exactly kind of the, the point, isn't it? The idea of I need to be authentic, but is there anybody who will stay attached to me? Who won't reject me? Now, that's what shame is. Shame is the fear that if I'm authentic and honest, you will reject me. Mm. But if we can find people who say, hey, I'm not going to reject you no matter what I'm in, then shame and hiding really becomes unnecessary and not very useful. That is so good. And and just to kind of close out, um, I know this is super connected with your book, right? Walking with Lions. Do you want to just give like a little 30 second uh, of what your book is about? Yeah, Walking with Lions is something I was asked to do by a couple of national leaders. They basically said, whatever you're doing with your team is the healthiest team we've ever seen. Can you write a book about this? And so it's really just how to lead relationally. It's how to build sustainable relational environments within organizations, within communities. And so it's a five-step process that uh, I see in recovery groups and great friendships and great small groups and churches. It just, they all kind of follow this connecting tissue, which is all healthy relationships start with relating, just spending time together. That moves into trust. We start to tell our story. Trust over time moves into disclosure, where we start to take off the masks and get really real with each other. Step number four is processing. If you trust somebody enough to tell them your secrets, then trust them enough to listen to what they have to say about it. And that moves you into a place called integration, where we don't have to hide anymore. We can just be fully ourselves and love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love each other as we love ourselves. Wow, that's that's so good. Um, I've heard just incredible things about it i'm excited to jump in i've watched some videos on it but i'm excited to jump in and read it uh myself uh jonathan where can they follow you and find out more about all that you're doing go to jonathanwiggins.com you can find the book walking with lions at walmart amazon any place like that and uh instagram will be jonathan wiggins pastor so that's how you can do that and matt bro thanks for bringing some really awesome content in a short amount of time for people that have short commutes or short attention span what an awesome space uh, i love what you're doing man thank you so so much and uh we're gonna bring you back because that was that was so good that was gold thank you so much